Hi, and welcome to the Imperfect Podcast. My name is Deb Crow, and I will be your host. Join me on this journey as we meet heart-centered leaders from all over the globe. Lots of interesting questions, interesting conversation, and find out what makes a leader. How do they handle uncertainty and complexity? How do they lead in a time that is volatile? Join us. Welcome back to Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. And I'm really, really honored to have Jessica Cox on the podcast today. She was referred to me by another guest that was on the podcast. And I want to just give you a little glimpse into who this amazing woman is. She's a keynote speaker. She's a world record pilot. She's an author. She's an advocate. She is a mentor. And she coins herself to be the fearless innovator. Jessica believes in a future where people passionately pursue their dreams with the resilience to overcome any challenge. She's described as a speaker that no one will ever forget. She has spoken to audiences around the globe, how to inspire enthusiasm and really build that authentic confidence. I love that. She was born without arms. She is fascinated by the limitless ways the human body can adjust to a variety of circumstances. And she's utilized dormant physical traits to adapt and use her feet even to fly a plane. How cool is that? She is known for being the first armless pilot in aviation history. Her achievement has earned her a Guinness World Record Medal. And she's been trending on Facebook and featured on several television programs, Oprah, Ellen, Fox, CNN. She has so many more accomplishments. So instead of me talking about it, let's get a conversation going. Jessica, welcome to the show. Thank you, Deb. I'm glad to be on the show. It's exciting to have you here. I didn't get an opportunity to tell you that for 23 years, of my business. I started off in the disability management sector and I have met many Olympians and athletes and professionals who had a disability and only focused on ability. And when I read your bio and got referred to you, I was so delighted to ask to have you on the show and super grateful that you had time to be with us. So thank you so much. You're so welcome. And that's great to hear about your background. I, I'd love to hear more sometime. That's awesome. Well, we're definitely going to have to have a virtual coffee, but I just want to really give the listeners a snapshot of who you are. So I'm going to go right into my leadership questions if you're ready. I'm ready. I love and totally embraced reading about your life from birth to now. And I would love for you to share where this tenacity and grit and overall resilience was built for you to overcome challenges with, with, with how you were born with no arms. How did you step into that leadership role? And at what age do you feel you really fostered it? Uh, well, this has definitely been a lifetime of fostering it. And I think it's even an ongoing daily thing now, even as a grown adult in my 30s. And 
I think it's just really a, a lifelong journey because when you're born without arms, there's a sense of powerlessness that's behind that. And, uh, and almost like inability that's associated because you automatically get labeled as disabled. And, and a term that I really disliked growing up was the word handicapped because it's not politically correct now, but in the 90s, uh, it was definitely a, a word that was used regularly. And I really did not appreciate that because it made me feel as though I was less than, I was, I was unable to do the things that everyone could do. And I think from the get-go, I had to almost prove that I am capable, that I am uh, adaptable with using my feet like hands and so I had to fight from the beginning. And so that tenacity, the, the uh, fighter in me began at a very early age, so much so that it's so much a part of my life now that I don't even think twice. So when I conquer something, it comes out. The fighter Jessica comes out and the tenacity comes out because it was a life uh, skill necessary for being born without arms. It was something that had to develop. And saying that, anyone can develop it if they have the adversity or if they challenge themselves with goals they set for themselves. Um, it's, it's something that's very uh, possible in anyone. And, and so for me, I just had an extra set of challenges not having the arms. And I had a foundation of strength that helped develop it from a very courageous mother who said you can do anything and not only said that but lived it in everything she did uh, to a father who had from the beginning said I never once shed a tear about your birth condition I never saw you as a victim and so I couldn't go through life in that victim mentality because I had such such strength behind me and parents who both developed my faith uh, faith in God that uh, things uh, are can happen for a reason and, and can be used for, for the greater good. And, and it's amazing how those ingredients help me to become who I am today and do the things I can today using my life example to challenge others' perceptions of possibility. Oh, I got goosebumps. I love that. And I, you know, language is so important in business, in leadership, in our own self-auditing, how we look at self-care. Handicapped, you know, I go back, I think back when I started case managing and I remember, you know, it being defined as a disadvantage or having a difficulty. And then disability came into play in the vocabulary within that world. And it had this anchor definition of a condition or an inability. And I used to think these words have such negative connotation and it put a fire in my belly to, in my belly to always talk to my clients about, okay, what are we going to do today? What's our goals? What's our abilities? So I love how you framed that. And I love your mom and dad and just how from birth, they always saw you as a victor and parented you to be able body because you are able body. So what a strength and avenue to have to grow up to. And I just look at the greatness and what it's brought you to, to this present day. It just gives me shivers. I feel very fortunate and very blessed um, because I had seen the realities of what it's like to be born without that 
or to have a disability or what people the world calls a disability and to to not have the support or to not be born in a place that allows the opportunity like a lot of uh, developing nations that I visited and and to have a disability is almost like um, a very a, a difficult life ahead for someone in that situation so yes I feel fortunate and blessed in so many ways that I was able to really uh, have that foundation that set me up. Well, it's it's phenomenal. And I wish you could see me because I'm smiling ear to ear right now. It leads me into my next question. All of my guests get this because it, it comes from the name of the podcast, Imperfect. What imperfections, and we're talking about qualities here, do you bring to your heart-centered leadership? I love the the question about imperfection because I think for me, and I can remember this, you can ask many people who knew me growing up, I almost had this obsession with perfection because there was so much out of my control um, being constantly labeled, being constantly um, looked at as, as someone who had something to set them back. And I think I assessed about being perfect for that very reason because that was one thing in my control i could control my own actions and and strive for perfection but that also got me into a situation where that obsession with perfection would really not serve me uh, and and it became a point where um, my kindergarten teacher and preschool teacher would say that i would crumple up my perfectly acceptable uh, pictures that i would draw with my feet and they would love these pictures I do. And, and yet for me, it wasn't perfect enough. And so I crumpled them up and she, and one of my teachers said she, she uncrumpled one of my pictures and kept it for herself because um, it was almost like this battle I had um, as a young person and, and striving for perfection, but, but not feeling like I was ever able to attain it, but not accepting that my best was good enough. And, and that was something that I had to develop as I, as I grew up into an adult is that, um, you know, perfection is not something we have to strive for. We just have to strive to do our best with what, you know, with what our talents are. And as long as we do that, that's, that's sufficient. And that whole mindset is something that uh, came with, with my maturity. Um, and uh, it's something I learned to do and to, to strive for. Well, I couldn't think of a better outlook or mindset and it just, it goes without saying that it's continual for you. It's a trajectory that you're staying on. It's a mindset you've adapted since you were a young girl. And it's just so commendable. I want to move into my next leadership question. And I know that you have authored an autobiographical book called Disarm Your Limits. Share with us the decision to write your story and what kind of led you to want to put that out to the world in your own words? And what did you learn from that experience? Well, from the first time I delivered a keynote speech as a sophomore in high school to a group of seventh graders, um, they told me how inspired they were. And I had no idea that my calling in life would be to become a professional speaker and author uh, until that until that day when that kind of planted the seed and I realized 
that people gain so much inspiration from knowing um, how my skills and my ability to adapt inspire them that they can keep going and that they can adapt to their challenges and obstacles and overcome them. And I thought, well, when I write this book, it's not, it's going to be more than a biography or autobiography about myself. It's going to be definitely a self-help approach because I think I can, I can craft the stories of my life in a way that relates to other people and their obstacles and in a way that can give them little uh, tidbits, uh, different principles that have helped me get through obstacles. And I, and when we were crafting this book, I knew that it was going to be that. And that's why I wanted to title it Disarm Your Limits, because at one point in time, we were really struggling on the title and, and there was a runner up and then there was um, there were two runner-ups and I decided, you know, disarm your limits because this is about everyone else. This is not just about me. This is about the obstacles that everyone faces. And because it is so visual being born without arms and it is so clear that doing things without what most people rely on to survive on their hands and their arms, it's so, it's, and I'm a very visual person. I think it was very appropriate to use the life stories to inspire people and to use the principles that have helped me um, to develop uh, the things that I needed to overcome and, and do the things that I wanted to do because I just went through life as a go-getter and someone who wanted to do things. And the fact that I didn't have arms, it didn't really um, stand in the way because it's my normal. And when I wanted to go surfing, for example, I didn't even think about the fact that I don't have arms and, and how am I gonna carry the board out to the waves I figured out, okay, I'm going to just take this one step at a time and we're going to figure out how I'm going to get that board out there. And sure enough, on, on my first surf lesson, we were able to figure out a method to get it out there. And, and finally, I got up on the board and being someone without arms, balance is, is essential to um, for me because if you can imagine, if you have your arms and hands, if you ever fall down, you can catch yourself. But since the beginning, not having the arms and hands to catch myself my body had to have a heightened sense of balance because there, was, there wasn't that option. So balance worked with me in, in, in surfing, for example. And that's one of the principles in the book is balance. Well, and what a metaphor for all areas of our life, just not looking at uh, from a physical perspective. I also want to mention to the listeners that you also have an amazing award-winning documentary on the National Geographic channel called Right Footed, and it's uh, aired in more than 80 countries. So we will make sure that we have links to your book and to the documentary below in the episode description. Oh my goodness, I could ask you so many leadership questions, but my last leadership question is, let, let, me, let me add a little preface to it. You have so many accomplishments. You are the first armless black belt and state champion in ATA martial arts. You're a certified scuba diver. You are a sought after YouTube and social media influencer. And you're one of Plane and Magazine's top 10 pilots. So I know there's a list. So my last leadership question is, What's next on the list that you're going to challenge yourself to achieve? 
Well, that's a wonderful question uh, because it's always good to constantly challenge ourselves, um, whether it's a physical challenge, an emotional challenge, or or something we set out to do. Um, and I think, I think for me, it's definitely developing the nonprofit that I started to help other people born missing limbs or who've lost their limbs due to something traumatic that happened in life. And I think I want to definitely develop it more to give back to them and to empower those who um, may not have the same kind of strong foundation that I had growing up and I was fortunate to have. So for me, that is going to be an ongoing challenge uh, that I will work towards as well as continuing to obviously pivot my professional speaking career, which uh, right now in, in the current pandemic, it doesn't necessarily allow for a public gatherings, but I can do these motivational speeches virtually. And that's how I've been doing it over the past year now. And it's been, it's been wonderful to be able to, to continue the profession on a virtual level to continue to do the motivational speaking. So that's another goal of mine is to continue to figure out how to make it work and continue to pump out the positivity and the motivation into the world. Well, that's beautiful. And it's going to be exciting to continue to watch your journey. And I know on your website, I, I love at the top, you've got possible thinking, achieve the impossible. And you're just such a role model for so many people, Jessica. I'm going to switch over to what I call my fab four. Just ask mm -hmm. you four fun questions, whatever's sitting on the top of your mind. The first question is, tell us something that we don't know about Jessica Cox. Most people are not familiar with the fact that I absolutely love like sugar. I have a sweet tooth, so I love desserts. I'm the type of person who wouldn't mind eating dessert before the entree. So I love to eat uh, really good uh, desserts and, and, and working on baking some of those as well. So maybe perhaps that's something that not most, not everyone knows about me. Well, that's fine. I think we all have a sweet tooth at some, at some point in our life and exciting to hear that you're going to try some recipes and do some baking. Second question, if you had to sit down with the 15 year old version of Jessica, what advice would you give her now? I love that question. That question even gives me goosebumps because when you said 15, I brought myself back to that, that person and how insecure I was uh, being not only in that adolescent age, but just also having my difference that almost magnified uh, those challenges that happen around that age, uh, the self-consciousness, the, um, the, the level of uh, wanting so much to be like everyone else, to blend in, to be accepted, to uh, do what everyone else does and to not stand out, to, be, to do everything to avoid being singled out, to avoid being picked on to almost fit the fashion trends so you didn't get picked on. And on all those pressures during that 15 year old self come back to me and I think about it. And if I could have just sat down with myself, I would have just said, you know, forget all those things. Don't be so obsessed with those things and be confident 
and who you are. And it'll be amazing how you can transform your surroundings uh, by your own confidence, by your own um, awareness of, of who you are and, and who you are in the world and, and not feeling so pressured to be like everyone else. Uh, just be confident and strong and look up. There was a lot of times when I was very shy at that age. I didn't speak up. I would probably tell myself to speak up that I have a voice and then it's a very strong voice and not to worry so much about what other people think. I think there would be a, a probably a good long hour or two of sitting down with my 15 year old self, but I think that just covers some of the, the first things I would tell myself uh, as a younger, as a young person. Well, it's certainly wise advice. And I always say we learn from our fall forwards to embrace the lesson. It's part of our trajectory in life. And as long as we learn the lesson, then it makes falling forward more acceptable because we all do it every day. And, and we need to have that trust in ourselves to have that grit, have that tenacity to try. And, and that's how we become better human beings. My next question is, if you had the ability, and I'm sure you have likely already done this, if you got to sit with a young group of children who might, might be in the age group three to five, how would you chat to them about living their life being born without limbs or if they unfortunately lost a limb through sickness or illness or from a traumatic event? What words would you give to those young, beautiful children at such a, a, a pivotal age where you could leave such an impression? At that age, I think uh, I usually speak, because this is something I do for my foundation, my nonprofit foundation, as well as meet with parents of children who are born missing limbs. Because when you're three, um, it's a little challenging to really kind of convey those same thoughts that you hope uh, they, they can adopt. And so I think at that age, I would just really kind of um, epitomize a, a, a joy and a happiness about myself, whether it's verbally or just uh, being uh, someone out in the world, smiling and interacting. One of the things I love to do, because when you are born different, you tend to really get obsessed with how it is that people react to you. And so one of the things that I make a point of doing is bringing children out to a public place, whether that's an ice cream shop or a restaurant, and really showing more so than saying anything that my interactions with the outside world um, are, are very important. The way in which I carry myself with confidence, the way in which I can eat at a table in a public restaurant uh, with my feet knowing that people are going to stare and it's going to draw attention to other people in the restaurant, but I can do so in a manner that, that, that keeps this confidence and happiness about myself. Um, I think that those visuals and uh, those experiences are more important at that age, just to show uh, this person that you can still be a confident example in the world, regardless of what it is that your challenges are. Oh, I just want to do a big mic drop. How profound and important is that statement? It, it makes me think of heart-centered leadership and 
anybody can be a heart-centered leader. You don't need a title. You don't need initials after your name. It's all about just being a good person and possessing those beautiful traits. I love that answer. My last question is share with us a leader who has really inspired you and tell us why. The first leader that comes to mind is a mentor that I was very blessed and fortunate to know about at the age of probably 17, uh, 17, 18, about that uh, brink into adulthood and uh, at a point where um, I didn't know at any point that there was someone who was like me in the world. And when you are born a certain way, you always seek out to find someone who has a common ground, someone who can understand you, someone who can know what it's like. And I didn't really have that until I met and heard of this woman. Her name was Barbara. And I heard about her because of a TV piece. Um, and it was her on the screen and she lost her arms at the age of three. So she had to adapt at three versus myself who was born without arms but we had so much in common. She used both her feet to do everything. And what was especially inspiring for me is seeing how she could take care of her two young boys. One was I think a year old. And, and my biggest question is how do you carry a baby without arms? And she picked him up, I remember, in a very safe manner for him and um, picked him up and was able to hold him in her lap and to see all of that, how she could do childcare without arms as a mom. And at, at times she was a single mom. Uh, it was just profound to me to say that I can do anything. And if she can do this and take care of these boys and, 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 and do all the things she needs to be a mom, an amazing mom, it inspired me. And even now her boys have uh, grown up now, they're out of the house, but we're still good friends on Facebook. We sell text messages each other. Um, but for her, she was an example in the world for me to know that I could do anything as well. Well, if that's not a way to end a podcast with a statement of empowerment, I don't know what else is. Jessica, you are simply amazing. And it's been so delightful to spend the last half an hour with you. Thank you for sharing your time, your brilliance, your expertise, and your mindset of positivity is absolutely infectious. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for what you're doing for so many people. And I, I want to leave the podcast today with a quote from my guest, because I was looking at all of the quotes from Jessica and I found one and I think it's just so beautiful and so fitting to end the podcast. Handicaps are mindsets. Whatever it is that stands in the way of achieving something, that's when it's a handicap. I prefer to see them as obstacles or challenges. This is how I've been my whole life. I don't know any different. I just live my life through my feet. So I want to thank you for joining me today on Imperfect. This is your host, Deb Crow. I would love for you to share this episode and Let's put more of Jessica Cox out into the world. Give us a rate, give us a review. And as always, thanks for joining me on Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast.